Well, we've been talking about ministering to you. What did Jesus really preach? I think a lot of people have an opinion of what Jesus preached. You know, just back in the day when they had those bracelets, what would Jesus do? We don't have to wonder what Jesus would do. We already know what he did do. And so we're looking at these, and I've been studying these a little while, and so there's just many different ways to go. And man, I could see this turning into a, a whole year. I could do just lots of things, but I'm just trying to do what the Holy Ghost told me to do. And so this came up in my heart. So we, last week we talked about the religious rulers, the scribes, uh, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And just remind you again, so what I'm looking at is four different things. I'm looking at number one, what did Jesus preach to the multitudes? So when he had a mass crowd, people came really just to be healed because the miracles were happening. Uh, the dead were being raised. Arms were growing out. The blind were seeing. The deaf were speaking. And so in that multitude were people just hungry to get healed. There also were his disciples. And they weren't just 12. There weren't just 70. There were many people that were following him around. And then... Um, you know, he did, and so he spoke to his disciples some, and, and sometimes it was the 12, sometimes it was 70, sometimes it was everybody that was following him. And then uh, there was, you know, this group called the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes that really kind of followed him on the outskirts, always looking to catch him, to have a gotcha moment. They wanted to catch him in something so they could accuse him because he, he became, you know, he's doing signs, wonders, and miracles. He became very popular. He was having multitudes of people uh, following him, and they couldn't get people to come to the synagogue. So there was some jealousy, some envy there, and, and, it, and, it, and it poured out, and they thought they knew God. How could this young man who's not been formally trained know more than them? And so they were irritated and they were angry and they were always trying to look for a way to get him. Remember we talked about the woman caught in adultery. They, they arranged something and they were trying to use the law of Moses to trap Jesus. But thank God for the Holy Ghost and wisdom. He always had the right thing to say that in line with the word of God. And then we're looking at, and I love to look at his individual dealings with people. And we, we, there's so much to learn. But this came up in my heart. So we're going to do a little bit of a combo today. First of all, I want to look at uh, the religious uh, people, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribe. And, and this is, they had a problem with this. So we want to look at today, authority. They said this about Jesus. So let's look at Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Um, and we're going to look at verses uh, 27 through 30, 33 out of the King James. Mark 11. Y'all good? You ready? And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, they came to him, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And they said unto him, uh, by what authority are you doing this? Now let's just stop these things. So they've seen some things. They've heard some things. They're not saying the things aren't happening. They're not saying the things aren't real. As a matter of fact, if you follow this up in Mark's account and Matthew's account, not in Luke's, but Matthew and Mark's account, it happened after the cursing of the fig tree. One of Jesus' greatest, I, you know, for us in some ways, I, one of his greatest teachings, um, whatsoever, you know, you say, whoever shall say in this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. Remember, he walked by a fig tree. Let's just visit it. Remember, he walked by the fig tree and he found leaves on it and he went up to it. I mean, how do you know he's the creator? He knows if there ought to be figs on it. And so this tree was trying to fake him out. This tree had leaves on it, which meant there should be figs on it. Because Jesus wouldn't go up to a tree, expect, he was expecting to eat. He was hungry. 
And that tree talked to him and said, no fruit for you today. And Jesus said, you were not made for no fruit today. You were made to produce fruit. And so Jesus, up out of his heart, says, fine, I don't get any fruit. Nobody shall eat fruit from you hereafter forever. And then he just walked away. Why? Because he knew that tree was toast. He didn't wait to see if it was going to happen. He didn't wonder if it was going to happen. He didn't have to hang around. He didn't have to ask anybody to check anything if it was going to. Now check the limbs on that tree, see if it died. See if the leaves are about ready to fall off. He didn't stay in check. He went on to Jerusalem. And, I, and so this sto- the account picks up in Matthew and Mark. And then the elders like, what authority do you do those things? Why are you telling people that they can do the same thing as you just did? By what authority do you do that? Who are you? Who do you think you are? And other places they said, he's blasphemous. He does his works by Beelzebub. And Jesus said, you better be careful because you're blaspheming. Anything you, a work of the Holy Ghost that you equate to the devil. That's why people make me nervous when they talk about speaking in tongues and all this stuff. They say, that's demonic. That's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. That's what blasphemy is. When you equate the work of God to a devil. And Jesus told him that. Okay, I digress, but it's good, right? <laughs> By what authority do you do these things? And who gave you, the, who gave you this authority? Who are you working for? Verse 29. And Jesus answered and said to you. I love the way he does this. Let me ask you a question. So you don't have to answer everybody. They ask you a question. I mean, I learned this from the Lord. And I've made a few people irritated. Because they were trying to catch me. They were trying to get, you know, what. Da, da. so I asked them a question. I had one guy just almost get up and want to punch me because I kept asking him questions. He said, quit asking me questions, quit answering me with questions when I'm asking you questions. I'm like, uh, so I think I asked him another question. And Jesus answered and said to them, I, I'm going to ask you one question and you'll answer me. Uh, I'll, and then if you'll answer me, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Verse 30, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or men? Answer me. <laughs> I love that. Answer me. And, and they reasoned. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something that is one of the biggest traps you'll ever face. Reason. Things of God are of the spirit. If the devil can ever get you in reason. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Yeah, but I feel something. That's reason. Uh, uh, God told me to start a business, but it's not going good. Uh-oh. Don't get into reason. Did God say it or not? Then it's going to be all right. The devil can't work in your spirit, but he works in the realm of reason. Religion is only reason. There's only reasonings. Where does reason happen? In your mind. They they reasoned within themselves. God, Jesus asked them a spiritual question. Is John the Baptist, who's he... Where is he from? It was a spiritual question. And they begin to reason. You need to be very careful. I, I, how many know that we're supposed to renew our minds? We're not supposed to get rid of your mind. And, and, and you have a mind, use it. But when God says something and, what the, and the word opposes it, come on, reason would be you keep 
God's word is, give me 10 and I'll really bless your 90. I'll just throw this in. Y'all talk about too much money around here at Cornerstone. If that bugs you, then you have a problem with money. I don't have a problem with money. You do. Praise the Lord. Don't let, the, don't let the world and religion dictate what you do and what you believe. Religion's just trying to keep you out. The world's just trying to keep you out. Everybody say no reasoning. I'm not talking about, you know what, go to college. Learn how to do this, learn how to do that. But when God speaks to your heart, if you're an engineer, reason. <laughs> Use your mind. But when it comes to the things of God, don't get into reasoning. It's a trap. It's from the devil. It's what the religious people do. And they reason with themselves. If we say this is from heaven, then why? And then they're going to say, why didn't you believe? Verse 32. Verse 32. But if we say he's from men, then the, they feared the people. Then the few we got in the synagogue, the rest of them are going to leave. For all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. So um, then there's verse 33. And they answered and said, we can't tell. A double-minded man is unstable. Of course they could tell. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He can't receive anything from the Lord. Their reasoning and their fear of people just shut things down. Right here, they could have all turned. But because of they cared more what people thought, and they were trying to play both sides, and that's what religion does. Because it's very, it's very natural, very heady. We can't tell. And Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you. It's your biggest problem, not mine. Authority. This thing of authority, why did he do what he did? Let's look at another one that really, um, let's look at another one. Uh, Matthew 9, 6 through 8, New Living. Matthew 9, 6 through 8. Remember the man that was sick of the palsy. Um, Jesus didn't say to him, um, you're healed. He said this. He said, your sins are forgiven. Remember, and that really made him mad. You, you understanding? What does religion do? Anything that they don't understand, anything they can't figure out, they have to be in control and be able to reason it. And so Jesus said, so I prove to you that the Son of Man has authority. Everybody say authority. What does he have authority to do? He has authority to heal, but he, has, he said authority in order to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned the paralyzed man and said, stand up on your mat and go home. Verse 7. And the man jumped up and went home. Verse 8. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, and they praised God for giving humans such authority. Jesus was a man anointed of God. He had put on, his, on hold his deity. He was operating as a man. He was the son of man anointed by God. But he walked in authority. Let's look at this one. Y'all remember this one? Um, Matthew chapter 7, King James. Matthew chapter 7. We're working backwards, but I want to show you this. Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. 
And it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Verse 29, for he taught them as one having authority, not like the scribes. So here we got a problem. No wonder the scribes and the Pharisees or Sadducees are always mad. Because we got Jesus up who've never been formally trained. Although at the age of 12, he had to be about his father's business. And as he was a carpenter, he had a, he had a hammer in one hand and he, was, and he was studying in the other hand. He was, uh, remember when, uh, when, uh, when John the Baptist baptized him, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. That's before Jesus did everything. He, he didn't do a miracle. It wasn't, he wasn't pleased because he did a miracle. He was, father was pleased with him because he was uh, being faithful. He was studying to show himself approved. He was figuring out who he was. So he was ready to do what God had told him to do. But he taught them as one who had authority. And so they, the, the people were always compared Jesus to religion and religion was losing every time and it was making religion mad and then you know by what authority do you do this where'd you get this authority from and they knew it but they didn't want to admit it because it would change their whole life they would have to come under they don't want to come under because Jesus even said about these, uh, you know, whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Clouds, you know, without rain. He was always messing with them. But they thought Jesus should come under them and be taught correctly and follow the traditions of men and their traditions that they'd come up with. But Jesus busted all that up. Yeah. He's not, we're having this. This is not the way it was supposed to be. We're not having this. We're going to change some things. I'm going to show you the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then other places, I don't know if they were listening because the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were always on the outside. But he said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. And then one of the disciples said, oh, you know, show us the Father. Have I been so long with you? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So this is the deal. This authority, this way of doing thing, it really messed with them. By what authority you do this? The people said he teaches with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. Listen, you ought to be able to tell the difference between religion and the anointing of God. You ought to be able to tell of man-made and traditional stuff and stuff that's coming out of somebody's mind or the spirit of God and the anointing. You ought to be able to quickly recognize it when you're hearing things, when you're seeing things. You ought to have a witness on the inside of you if this is of God and if it's not of God. Do not get into reason. Do not let people reason you out of your faith. Do not let people reason you out of your position. And do not let people reason you out of your authority in Jesus Christ. Now there's another man. It's interesting to me that sometimes the greatest Things that happen in the, the New Testament when Jesus was walking on the earth were with people who were not who he was sent to. So you remember the centurion. Let's look at, um, let's look at, uh, we'll look at just Luke's account, Luke chapter 7. 
Luke chapter 7, in Matthew's account, it shows up. Do you remember the centurion? Uh, uh, in Luke's account, we're going to see the, uh, one thing. And then in Matthew's account, another. Uh, some people will say, well, I don't know if they died because one of them is saying that he spoke. And the other one says that his friend spoke. But I'm telling you, uh, it, it is, it's the same thing. Uh, it'd be like if, if I sent Robert uh, and JC to you and said, uh, um, I want to have lunch with you. Um, then you went home and told your wife, Pastor Mark said he wanted to have lunch with me. Because in Matthew's account, it's the centurion's talking, and here in Luke's account, we see the friends talking. It's same, same. Just thought I'd help somebody out with that. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. Verse 2, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Verse 3, and when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto the elders of the Jews. They were beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. Verse 4, and when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. Um, for he loves our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. Let's stop there. So these people are coming. Uh, the centurion heard of Jesus. And what, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. And this centurion has heard some things that make him do what he's about to do. Now, he didn't, he, you'll see in Matthew's account that he said, I didn't feel worthy to come to you. Why did he feel like that way? Well, because he's not a Jew. He's not, he knows he's not of the chosen. So he's, he's taking this man who in the natural is above Jesus because of who he is. He's a centurion. He, he's, from, he's, he's, he's from the occupying army. People obey him from that nation. But he's saying to the Lord, I'm not worthy. He's taking his position. All right. And so these people were saying, now this man loves us. Uh, he loves our nation. He even built us a synagogue. You need to do this. Now, is that the reason Jesus went? I don't think so. Because look at verse six. Then Jesus went with them, and now when he was not far from the house, so he's not far from the house. You know, I don't know how that is, but he's not far from the house. The centurion sent friends. So I don't know if the centurion is looking through the door, and he sent some people to meet Jesus, and he's in earshot of Jesus. But the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Verse 7. Where, now listen, this is not false humility. This man knows he's not a covenant man. This man knows who this is. It's, this is not false humility. He said, um, I'm not worthy for you to come into, but just say in a word. Just say in a word. Just say in a word. Uh, and, and my servant will be healed. Verse 8. For I am a man set under authority. What are we talking about? The religious people despised Jesus' authority. They belittled it. They questioned it. By what authority do you do this? They were jealous of his authority. They envied his authority. They didn't understand his authority. They wouldn't submit to his authority. And then you got a non-covenant man who's seen some things, heard some things, and now he has a need. And this man's revelation is of authority. And he said, I'm a man set under. Everybody say under. under. He didn't say I'm a man of authority. He said I'm a man under. If you're going to walk in God's authority and God's power, you're going to have to realize you've got to come under. You can't go over till you come under. 
You can't be exalted till you humble yourself. I say to, I have soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he does what? He goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turned him about and said to the people, and said to the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. Verse 10. And they were, and I, and they that were sent returned to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Why did this guy get healed? Because the centurion, his master, his boss, whatever you want to look at it, believed in authority. And he didn't disrespect Jesus' authority, he embraced it. And he was saying, I'm not worthy to come. What, what, what were the Sadducees, Pharisees, and scribes saying? We're the worthy ones. Religion will make you think you all that. Make you sassy, make you bossy, make you mean. Religion, I'll say it again, it'll make you sassy, make you bossy, make you mean. Religion will do that. There's a spirit behind it. But when you realize who Jesus is, Come on. He could have called one angel and wiped everybody out. He humbled himself. And you're not going to be able to work with him and serve him and uh, do with him if you can't humble yourself. If you don't understand the authority of how this thing works. And this man did. And Jesus said because he understood authority, he had great faith. So let's go back. What's about this authority thing? In Matthew's account and where we started, in Matthew's account, Mark, I just love to chit-chat with y'all. I just would love you to get this. Remember, what were the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes? What were their problem with? I believe, now this is my mind, all right? I don't usually give my opinion, but this is my mind. I see, how many know Peter likes to talk? He doesn't just like to talk to Jesus. He, I, just, I just believe he likes to talk. Come on. They're, they're, they just seen the fig tree withered up. Peter just taught, I mean, the Lord just taught them, have the God kind of faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you know, whatever things you desire in your heart, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast the seed and shall not that his heart, but believe those things that he says, he will have what he says. And then he said, now make sure you're not in unforgiveness or this won't work. And so then they show up at the temple and I believe Peter was like, y'all not going to believe what just happened. We were walking the other day and Jesus walked by a fig tree and he cursed it and he said, nobody's going to eat fruit after you here forever. And then the next day we walked by and remember Peter was astonished beyond belief. Lord, the tree that you curse. And Jesus says, this is not a big deal. You can do the same thing. And when the Pharisees and the Sadducees heard Jesus said, you all, you regular people can do the things of God. It really made their minds go nuts. Because we've had this exclusive thing for so long. We've had these people under our thumb for so long. And that's what religion will do. It'll keep you under the thumb. But what a relationship will do will set you free. And it gives you authority. <laughs> I mean, this authority is a big deal. 
And then what Jesus did, because he was walking, Jesus was walking in delegated authority. He did nothing on his own. He did nothing on his own. So God the Father gave him that authority. As the Son of Man, the Son of God, he, he walked in that authority because he knew who he was. And then Jesus not only walked in that authority, and it was making the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes mad, and then yet people, the centurion got a hold of it and got the benefits of it. Then Jesus started passing this around while he was on the earth. Remember that? Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Luke 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. How many devils? All of them. The big ones? Just the little ones. And all means? And the chief devil? All. And to cure diseases. So, you know, they went out in his name. They went out in his name. Listen to me. The name of Jesus, if you get a revelation of this, the name of Jesus was as powerful before his resurrection as it is after. Because it's delegated authority. Yes, some wonderful things. I'm glad I'm living on the after. I believe there's more for us than them. But there was so much power. And then remember, what did he do with the 70? Luke 10, 1. Luke 10, 1. Luke 10, 1. And these things the Lord appointed over 70 also and sent them two by four to his face to every city and place where he himself would come. Verse 19. 10, 19. Behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Those are the things that bite. And over all the power of the enemy. And by nothing, any, nothing will hurt you. Because remember, they're like, remember what they said? Lord, even the demons are subject to us uh, through your name. What the Lord's trying to do is quit this being such a moment and make it a lifestyle. Authority is not supposed to be a moment. It's supposed to be your lifestyle. Because he said, don't get so excited about that. You should be more excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, this just casting out demons, this putting demons on, under your feet, this putting the devil on the run, this putting sickness on the run, this getting rid of those kind of things, that's normal Christian living if you are a, a person who is born again and understands you have authority. Jesus delegated his authority to the 12, and then he delegated it to the 70. And all they had to do is say, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because they're representing him. He's representing the Father. And he walked in authority. And he had this authority to give. It's like subletting an apartment in New York. It's my apartment. I've got the lease on it. And I can rent it to anybody else I want to do if that's within the law. You need, um, I heard it described this way. How many of y'all have a car? Anybody got a car? Anybody got a title to a car? How I many? It's your car. But if you go to a, a place, uh, a, a swanky restaurant or a really nice hotel, and they have a valet, how, how many have ever valeted your car? So what you do is you give them the what? Now, is it still your car? But they have the... Can you start your car? Not to get the keys back. The keys are his... He got the keys. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And he gave them to you. You can start the car. You can drive the car. He gave you the keys. It's his car. 
but he gave you the keys. Now you have authority. Behold, I give you power. Everybody say, I have power. I have authority. Because he gave it to them. What, so how about this? Let's look at Matthew 28. Y'all good? Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, all power is get all authority. That word is power is authority. All power, how much? All. all. Did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Just about or all? All. How, how many of them? The devil and all his demons and everything they bring. Is it all underfoot? Yes. Yeah, right? Is he seated above it? The last enemy is death, but that one doesn't even have any sting to it, the Bible says. Amen? Is it under his feet? Well, what did he do with you? Left you to beg? Listen to me. You ever find yourself begging? You find yourself in religion. Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, I'm begging you. Lord, I beg you. Where are you? Where are you? Help me, Jesus. And that's not a good help me, Jesus. Because it's coming from a place of begging. If you find yourself begging, you have left your sonship. You don't have to beg. He's your daddy. And Jesus already won. And then he raised you up to sit with him in heavenly places. Far above every principality, power, mind, dominion. He defeated them all. And then he said, I got keys. And then he said this in verse 19. You all know this one. Go. Everybody say go. go. Therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. Teaching to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always until the end of the age. He said, really what he said is, I've got all authority, but now you go with it. I've got all authority, now you go with it. Now listen. This authority, the religious people of that day despised it. Let me tell you something about it. The religious people of this day despise it. How dare you think you can order God around? I'm not ordering God around. All that blab it and grab it stuff. All that name it and claim it stuff. All that you speak in the word, think you're making God do something. I'm not making God do nothing. I'm just obeying what he said to do. This is not my idea. This is not uh, some minister's idea. This is the written word of God. And for you to make fun of it and to make light of it is very dangerous. And really, what does it have to do with your authority? Because religion will tell you you can't speak to a mountain. Religion will help you talk about your mountain. Camp at your mountain. Exalt your mountain. Reverence your mountain. But move it, that's something only God can do. Listen to me. It is what God does, but God has done his part. But you got to do your part. It's by grace through faith you are saved. God's part is the grace, but you got to have some faith. You didn't get born again until you received your salvation. And the same way, that mountain ain't moving. Come on, now don't get mad at me. I, I'm not mad at counselors. I counsel people. But you can get counseled and figure out every root of every problem you've ever had. And that's fine. But once you find out the root, you're still going to have to do Mark 11, 24. You're still going to have to do it. Just because you discovered a root doesn't mean that root's going away. You've got to speak to it. 
You've got to declare and decree some things. This, listen to me. This stuff makes religious people crazy because they really believe. Now, listen to me. Understand what I'm saying. They say, well, it's all up to God. Well, it was all up to God, and God moved. He sent Jesus. And then Jesus, when he left, gave us some instructions. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot leave up to God to do something what he's told you to do. You can't do God's end, but he can't do your end. In other words, he will help you, but you've got to do the believing. You've got to do the talking. You've got to do, you, you've got to do your part. He wanted you to be saved, but you had to do the receiving. So all this, well, I'm just waiting on God. I doubt it. I do. Well, I, I, I just believe in his special time and his special way that he's going to do. Listen to me. He's already, he is special and he does have a special way, but he's already done it. You got to receive it. Religion. Now listen, I don't know how you were taught. I, when I was growing up, was very religiously taught. I'm not mad at them anymore. They only knew what they knew. They do the best with what they have. But you all, you, have, you, you, you know more. I know more now. You know more now. Do not let the winds of this season pull you back into religion. And one of the biggest things religion has problem with is you and I using our authority. They had a problem with Jesus doing it, and they're going to have a problem with you doing it. But you got to speak to your mountain. I'm going to tell you one more time. Quit talking about your mountain. Quit reverencing your mountain. Quit discovering how many, rain, how many mountains go with your mountain. And again, I'm not opposed to counseling. I do it. But when it comes right down to it, when you find out all those roots, you're still going to have to talk to them. You're still going to have to do what the word says. Otherwise, your mountain will stay. Well, I'm just waiting on God to move it. No, he told you to move it. Well, I can't move it. I need his help. Do you think he didn't know you need his help? No, you speak it. He does it. You speak it. He does it. Use your authority. Use your authority. Jesus was very clear about this in Matthew's gospel, chapter 18, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Who's binding? He didn't say, Jesus didn't say, whatever I have bound on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth is loose in heaven. That's not what he said. He said, whatever you do, whatever you say. When you talk about your mountain over breakfast, when you talk about your mountain to your friends, when you discover you have mountains that are alike and you form a group over your mountains. I'm going to make somebody mad today. But you can either get mad at me or get some help right now. Instead of having a group rejoicing over your mountain, reverencing your mountain, get a group to talk to your mountains. Let's talk to them. Let's, and when you talk to them, what happens? They got to go. You're eventually going to have to talk to it if you want it to go. 
Praise the Lord. That was worth combing your hair and coming to church. Brother Keith always says that. Hallelujah. Whatever you bind on earth, who's binding it? Are you on earth? You are. Just let me know. I'll let you know. You're on earth. What do you got to do? You got to bind some things. What does that mean? Disallow. If it's not going on in heaven, it ought not be going on in your life. How many of you know in heaven? Everybody, everybody believes in heaven there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no crying, there's no poverty, there's none of this. There's no, well, those are all things we've been redeemed from. And Jesus' prayer is still good. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're supposed to be having heaven on earth. But you're the enforcer of your life. And you enforce your life with what Jesus has done, not about what he's going to do. you got to figure out what he has done and, and begin to talk about it, begin to enforce it in your life. And so when the devil shows up, what do you got to do? I bind that. I, I bind that. When you get a thought that comes to your mind that's not godly, it's not pure, it's not praiseworthy, it's not good, it's ugly, what do you got to do? you got to bounce it. How do you bounce it? You say something. If, if there's something in a habit, something in your life, what do you got to do? You got to talk to it. You got to talk to it. You got to answer it. D listen to me. That's what Jesus did. I'm going to get over into my saturation service meeting tonight, but I've already given you a little preview of what I think. Listen, when Jesus came up to that fig tree, he did what? He answered it. Everybody say, answer it. In our lives, things that go unanswered gives the devil access to keep on doing what the devil does. Whenever there's something in your life, you better answer it. Don't you ever let the devil have the last word. Don't ever let circumstances have the last word. Don't ever let sickness and disease have the last word. Don't ever let poverty have the last word. Don't ever let confusion have the last word. Don't ever let chaos in your life have the last word. Don't ever let divorce have the last word. You answer it. Answer it. How do I answer it? Oh, I'm really getting over in there tonight. Jesus said, you know, when the devil came and tempted him, he gave him, the, de the devil tempted him with a specific thing. Jesus answered a specific thing back in line with the word of God. He didn't answer back, God loves me. The devil specifically attacked him. Jesus had a specific word. Listen to me. If Eve would have quit listening, she had it right. Mostly right. God said, and she told the devil what God said. The thing was, it was, she entertained his words so he could keep on talking. If she would have just shut him down, if I would just shut him down when he comes to my mind, shut him down how? By binding something, or by loosing something, or by speaking to something. Come on, everybody say, shut him down. You got to answer it. You got to answer him. What is that? That's authority. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Who's got to do that? Who's got to do that? You do it. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. He's waiting on you to say something. Well, Pastor Mark, you got to be careful. about. I don't got to be careful about nothing. That's the Bible. I'm not ordering him around. I'm doing what he said. He's ordering me around. You can't order God around. You know, people say, um, well, you all just think, you know, that, that you can say whatever and God will give it to you. He, he said, my hand is open. He told me to do this. It would be disobedience not to do it. 
So you got to bind and you got to loose. Y'all, y'all doing good today. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to cast out devils. They're going to speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They'll have hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so then after the Lord spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Doing what he said. And the Lord worked with them. You want the Lord to work with you? Then you got to take authority over some stuff. You got to say some things. You got to do some things. And he confirmed the word with signs following. Amen. We're, we're waiting on God to move, but he's needing us to take our authority. I'm going to remind you one more time. The religious hated it, despised it, mocked it. By what authority do you do this? But the people, even at that time, recognized it. He teaches as one with authority, not like the scribes. Oh, that probably, how many scribes do you think that made mad? Who do you think you are? Well, people have said that to me. Who do you think you are? I don't have to think who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of the most high God. I've been given a name that's above every name. Doesn't mean I don't have problems. Doesn't mean things don't try to get to me too. We all that, but guess what? I have the answer. Do you have the answer? We do have the answer. Use your authority. Answer it. Jesus answered the fig tree. They were astonished. Never seen anything like it before. And he said, you can do this too. You know where they try, you know those shows that, on TV where they say, don't try this at home? That's what religion wants you to believe. This is all too far out of your reach. This is above your grade. It's above your pay grade. Don't mess with that. But that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, humans, don't try this. This is only for the Son of God. He said, if you'd have the God kind of faith, you also could say some things to, to things. And they'd obey you. They'd obey you. I think one of the keys is, let's quit checking to see if it works. And just believe it does. Come on, can you, did you see Jesus out there bending the twigs? Checking to see if the leaves are going to hang? He has walked away. Knowing in his heart, that tree's toast. And it died from the roots. Come on, how many times have you killed something at the roots and then the next day you talked it back to life? <laughs> uh, you know, we've all, have we all done it? Because you didn't see something. You don't have to see something. You just got to say something. You got to believe something. You got to do something. It'll line up. It'll line up if you don't change what you're saying. Hallelujah. Your authority is tied up into you talking to your mountains. All authority, Jesus said, is given to me in heaven and in earth. Now you go. You've been given a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee's gonna bow, every tongue confess, but everything has to bow to that name.
We don't use the name of Jesus to try to see if something happened. We believe something is happening.